Hi friends, welcome to another episode of Real Life. I'm Lisa and today we are going to be talking about feelings. This podcast is not intended to replace therapy counseling or seeing a psychiatrist. All information is researched and opinions are my own. I am a mental health inpatient registered nurse and professional content developer. Today, as I said, we are going to be talking about feelings. Uh, feelings, uh, it's just so much of what we experience in this world is based around what we think and what we feel. And when you're dealing with mental health challenges like anxiety or depression, it can be difficult and even overwhelming uh, to deal with the sheer weight of everything that goes on in our minds. You've probably heard the expression, feelings aren't facts. And it's a common one to discuss in terms of mental health because so much of what goes on inside our heads uh, can seem real, but it's not. What we think and what we feel can sometimes be completely unrelated to reality and instead driven by our fears and our insecurities. So we can choose to let go of thoughts and feelings that aren't good for us, for sure. With time and effort, we can learn to manage our feelings and improve our mental health and well-being, which is what I'm discussing today. Let's start with some definitions, and specifically, what are feelings? Feelings are the stuff that's going on just underneath the surface for each of us, our emotions. Only we can perceive what we're feeling. What the world sees are our behaviors manifested through our words and actions. What drives our behavior is our feelings and our intentions. These, in turn, are often created by our thoughts, and those are driven by our needs and whether those needs are being met or are unmet. Thoughts our ideas, opinions, and beliefs that form in our mind, often subconsciously. And they can either pop into our head out of nowhere or form as the result of paying attention to something. They can be fact-based or they can have absolutely no basis in fact whatsoever. Regardless, Uh, Thoughts are not facts. They are reactions. Reactions that are driven by a whole range of factors, such as, like I said before, whether or not our, our needs are being met. Feelings are emotions, and they can also come out of nowhere, just as much as they can be a response to what we're thinking or what's going on around us. We each have thousands of different thoughts and feelings each day, many of which can seem to just pop out into your head out of nowhere, but they're being driven by a whole bunch of stuff, including how you're feeling at any given time, for example. If you're feeling negative, then it's often much easier to focus on negative thoughts than it is if you're in a positive frame of mind. And in that way, it demonstrates the whole positivity breeds positivity thing I often talk about. Because 
when you're feeling positive and thinking positively, it becomes much easier to find more to be positive about. Many of our thoughts and feelings are related to our brain trying to make sense of everything going on in the world around us and trying to understand how and where we fit in combined with our values and our beliefs. You have pretty much zero control over when and how your thoughts and feelings manifest, which might sound like a funny thing to say in a podcast episode about managing your feelings, but hear me out. Trying to control your thoughts is like trying to to wrestle cats. Virtually impossible, and you're probably going to end up covered in scars for your efforts. What is possible, however, is to take control of what you do with your feelings and your thoughts. There's a quote by American author Dan Millman, which I think sums it up perfectly, and it is, you don't have to control your thoughts. You just have to stop letting them control you, end of quote. The great thing is that thoughts and feelings aren't permanent. And so if you're struggling with negative emotions, then know that they cannot possibly last forever. We have the opportunity to take control of them. And so with enough time and practice, you can develop strategies to push negative feelings aside, or at least handle them differently and be more objective about them. When you allow your thoughts and feelings to control you, you become a slave to them. And that can make it really difficult to make any kind of positive progress because you'll be bogged down by what's going on inside your head. Also, Letting negative feelings take over can have adverse effects on your life, such as letting fear hold you back from trying something new, or when we say or do things out of anger, which causes further consequences for us later. When it comes to to feelings, our goal should ideally be to experience them without letting them control us, without getting stuck in them. Let's talk through feelings a bit more and then get into a discussion about how you do that. We all feel different things based on what's going on internally and also externally, either in the world we directly inhabit, like our home, our family, and our workplace, or in the greater world around us, uh, our city, our state, our country, the planet as a whole. And, And there is just as much to be learned from negative emotions like fear, anger, and insecurity as there is for us to learn more from positive emotions like contentment, excitement, and joy. When it comes to feeling Our society seems to be intent on categorizing them as either good and bad. And let's be honest here, most of that is tied into marketing and sales of some sort because we're often being sold something and told it will stop bad feelings or increase good feelings. However, there isn't really a good or a bad feeling. They're just a reaction to what's going on 
internally and externally. When we label things as good or bad, we're putting a judgment on them and therefore on ourselves. I often say in this podcast that you need to feel what you need to feel. And that's true in pretty much every situation you'll find yourself in. So instead of judging, the challenge is to work out why we're feeling what we're feeling, and then to identify the appropriate way to act on those feelings. There's a great quote by Mr. Rogers, as in the Mr. Rogers, uh, it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, Mr. Rogers. And he says, there's no should or should not when it comes to having feelings. There part of who we are and their origins are beyond our control. When we can believe that, we may find it easier to make constructive choices about what to do with those feelings. Let me just repeat that last bit. Make constructive choices about what to do with those feelings. Because I think that's what all of this comes down to, choosing to respond constructively to our feelings. You'll never be able to stop specific feelings arising, like fear or anger or sadness. But it's what you do with those feelings that matters, because that determines what happens next. Also, I think a lot of the time we're socially conditioned to have this never-ending focus on the pursuit of happiness, but you don't have to be happy all the time in order to have your feelings under control or even to have a great life. In fact, I don't believe it's possible for any of us to be happy 100% of the time because there's always so much going on in our lives that's way outside of our control. So it's an impossible goal to chase. I've talked about that idea of pursuing greater satisfaction uh, with your life rather than this goal we're constantly sold of being happy. Satisfaction with who you are, what you have, and what you contribute to the world is much more likely to make you feel positive than any pursuit of happiness, which is often fleeting, by the way. This is a topic that uh, is talked about in in great details. Uh, The pursuit of happiness, how to live a happy life, and things like that. So, feeling is what makes us human. It's proof of life. Feelings can be messy and complicated, and they can pull us in all different directions and make it hard to know which way is up. But the challenge is to observe our feelings without letting them control us. Let me quote from a great article in Inc. And the article was called How to Control Your Emotions So Your Emotions Don't Control You. Here it is. Managing your emotions isn't the same as suppressing them. Ignoring your sadness or pretending you don't feel pain won't make those emotions go away. In fact, unaddressed emotional wounds are likely to get worse over time, and there's a good chance suppressing your feelings will cause you to turn to unhealthy coping skills. It's important to acknowledge your feelings while also recognizing that your emotions don't have to control you. 
If you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you can take control of your mood and turn your day around. If you are angry, you can choose to calm yourself down. End of that portion of the article. So, managing your emotions isn't about suppressing them. It's about objectively addressing them and integrating them into your life, enabling your logical, rational side and your emotional side to work together in harmony so you're more authentically you in everything you do. The challenge for all of us is to be aware of how our feelings are manifesting in terms of our words and actions, and to know the difference between constructive versus destructive feelings so we can minimize any destructive patterns of our behavior. Managing your feelings means being able to modulate them. Why does that matter? Because if you can modify your feelings to suit the situation when you have a greater chance of achieving positive outcomes, think about being in an argument with someone. If you allow anger to take over, you will likely end up in a screaming match, whereas if you can pause and refocus to instead focus on wanting to find solutions, then you will be more likely to engage with the other person in a calm and rational manner, which can lead to more positive outcomes. And think about feeling scared of giving something a try. If you let the feeling of fear take over, then you're unlikely to take any action. Whereas if you work through your fear, so that you can understand where it's coming from and then harness it, you're better equipped to give it a go and then see what happens from there. The choice, as with everything, is always yours. So how do you control your feelings? Let's get into the how-to part of this podcast episode. Let's start with a four-step model called PATH, P-A-T-H, which I originally sourced from an article called Ways to Manage Emotions by Mental Health America. Uh, The article includes an acronym, PATH, P-A-T-H, that I've used here, but I've changed it slightly and expanded on the steps a bit further. So now PATH stands for Pause, acknowledge, think, and how. Let me explain. Pause. First, instead of immediately reacting to your feelings, pause and reflect. You might find it useful to count to 10 or 20 or 100, depending on how strongly you're feeling. Uh, What this does is give your initial instinctive reaction some time to simmer down so that your logical and rational mind can kick in, which can take a few seconds, by the way, especially when we're in a confronting situation. Our fight-flight-freeze response often takes over in the first few seconds. Then, acknowledge. Acknowledge what you're feeling. Rather than just going with the initial feeling, take a moment to identify what it is that you're actually feeling. For example, are you angry at someone or feeling hurt by their words or actions? 
identify what you're feeling and label it ob- objectively. Don't focus on right or or wrong, or try to assign blame. Just observe the feeling and label it. Next, think. Think about why. Once you're clear on what you're feeling, think about why you're feeling that way. Are you actually angry, or is the anger a symptom of feeling that you're not being heard? Often our feelings are driven by deeper emotions, which are tied to whether or not our needs are being met. So the challenge is to consider what's going on in terms of our needs to understand why you might be feeling what you're feeling. How? How will you respond? Once you understand the reasons why you're feeling whatever you're feeling, think about how you want to respond, whether it's something going on inside you or it's external, then you respond, how you respond will shape what happens next. If you were arguing with someone and were feeling angry, then reacting by shouting will potentially lead to an argument escalating. Whereas if you pause, reflect, and consider why you're really feeling angry, then you'll be better equipped to respond in a calm and rational manner, or at the very least, remove yourself from the situation until you're able to be calm and, of course, rational. The overreaching message here is that just reacting to your feelings means they will control you. Whereas talking the, uh, taking the time to process whatever you're feeling so you can consider it uh, will enable you to respond more thoughtfully. And that will likely lead to better outcomes that are less bogged down by pure emotion. Keep in mind that you can only control your own words and actions and feelings. You cannot control another person. No amount of huffing or puffing or blowing down of houses will ever make another person act the way you want them to. So when you're dealing with other people, focus on being calm and irrational and always remember that old saying, you attract more flies with honey than with vinegar. In other words, you are more likely to end up with a positive outcome by being nice than you would if you are unpleasant. And then beyond that advice for using the PATH approach to managing your emotions in the moment, there are lots of things you can do to be proactive about managing your feelings. Because as always, prevention is better than cure. So rather than waiting until you're in a challenging situation, you can do things every day that make it easier to manage your feelings if and when you're dealing with difficult times. Some of those are talking about your feelings. This is why therapy and counseling are so useful because they allow you the time and space to work through your feelings in a supportive and non-judgmental environment. And the more you talk about things, the easier it is to figure out what's really going on inside you so you can deal with the root cause rather than just the symptom. Yep, possibility my 
favorite analogy in the whole wide world. Speaking of talking, talking about your feelings isn't a sign of weakness. In fact, it's a sign of bravery because it's a huge part of taking charge of your well-being and your overall health. If you keep things bottled up and, and don't deal with them, they may escalate and before you know it, you're up the creek without a paddle. So talk about what's going on and get support where you need it. Also, I've talked many, many times uh, about the value of daily gratitude practice. And I do this every morning without fail. So starting your day, uh, I would encourage you to have a few minutes of first nightly reflection time where you gently reflect on the two or three things from your day, but also starting your day, take about five to 10 minutes and think about things that you are grateful for. Another daily practice that is really worthwhile is journaling. You don't need to keep a detailed diary unless that's what feels right to you, but just jotting down a few notes about the day can help you to process them and get them out of your head. Mindfulness. Mindfulness is a practice I talk about a lot, and it doesn't have to be some kind of elaborate and time-consuming practice. Mindfulness to me simply means taking the time to slow down and be more aware of your surroundings, as well as what's going on inside you. My favorite way to practice mindfulness is to sit outside and watch the clouds for a few minutes or on a clear night. I like to stare up at the sky and enjoy the view of the stars. Mindfulness really is just about greater awareness of yourself and the world around you. And it's something you can do anywhere and for any length of time. The more you practice it, the easier it becomes over time to mindfully be aware of your feelings as they're emerging. And I find that, for me, it helps me to be able to label what I'm feeling, which pushes me into the path approach of pause, acknowledge, think, and how. So, uh, look after your mental, physical, and spiritual health as well. I say this a lot, and that that's because everything is connected. When I talk about spirituality, I'm not referring to religion, but if that's what feels right to you, then, then great. But rather, I'm talking about having some sort of sense of there being more than just you. Spirituality is highly personal, but at its core, it is about being more than just an individual, whether that's feeling a sense of connectedness with the universe or being a Jedi connected with the Force, looking beyond just your own wants and needs will hopefully help you to make life decisions that aren't purely focused on yourself. So choose your mindset. Focus on solutions rather than problems. When you look for problems, you'll find them, I guarantee. So why not choose to look for solutions instead? I've known many people in my life as I'm sure you have, who will happily complain about anything and everything. But when you ask them what ideas they've had for rectifying their problems, they look at you like you've got three heads. Misery is a choice, because if we choose to get caught up in all the things that are wrong, then that's all we will see. I totally respect that we all go through challenging times and situations, especially when we're dealing with mental health issues. 
but you can still choose to look for solutions and to be optimistic about the potential for things to improve, which feels way better than just throwing your hands up and admitting defeat. You might find that really difficult to do, especially if you're struggling, which is why my next suggestion is get support. I covered it before with the talking about your feelings thing, but let me say, as I do most, most episodes, that you never have to go through anything alone. You can talk to a counselor or therapist. You can chat with your doctor. You can get support from an understanding and non-judgmental friend or family member. You can join a support group. There are so many different support options available to you. And the main thing is that you are never alone. So get support because many hands make light work. Because when it comes to feelings, what it all boils down to is this. Your thoughts and feelings aren't real. They're simply manifestations of how you perceive yourself and the world around you. This is Real Life. I'm Lisa. Stay well.